Welcome to the Giants Huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. A New York Giants podcast. We're back with another episode of the Giants Huddle podcast. I am John Schmelk. Thank you so much for joining us. And our guest this week to talk about the NFL Draft is the NFL Network's own Kim Jones. Kim, it's good to see you. How are you? How are you, John? I'm doing great. Um, and the draft is only days away. Kim was kind enough. We pulled her out of the rain <laughs> covering, uh, doing NFL Network live hits from outside. Gave her some cover, but we're going to talk some <laughs> NFL drafting, Kim. And I think last year at this time, I think everyone was kind of focusing on Saquon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a leak or a rumor. Dave Gunwin pretty much told everyone that's what he was going to do right. at his press conference. Right. This year, not quite as obvious. Yeah, not everyone picked up on that last year, though. That's there true, were, they did There were didn't. definitely a lot of other reports, including that the Giants were just, you know, hoping to move back, that kind of thing. Um, you know, this year, I do think it's a mystery. Uh, they could go in any number of different directions. Obviously, having the two first-round picks kind of puts a different wrinkle in the mix. Um, and I do think there's a lot of... Uh, disagreement, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for teams, for us in the media to be speculating at all different levels of who they're going to pick. And I think that's exactly what you have this year with the Giants. Let's start this way. Any way the Giants trade up to get someone? It's hard to, well, I mean, they have a lot of picks, but as you know, half of them are round five and a half. I think six of the 12. Yeah, absolutely. That's not going to help you move up that way. I, I would doubt it. Because then I think you're talking about, are you giving up 17? Are you giving up a pick next year? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if it's that kind of draft, to be honest with you, unless you were all set and had your you know, uh, heart set on one of these defensive players, and that's not the case. And I think it's interesting, and we'll start at six. And I know a lot of people are, are trying to rule the quarterback out. But based on what Dave Gettleman said last week, he said one of two things. One, if we have a quarterback with a first-round grade, that means we love them. Right. And two, he said he does believe there's at least one, he wouldn't say how many, Super Bowl-level quarterbacks in this draft. Mm-hmm. So to me, that leaves the door open that if that guy is there at six and they think he's good enough, it's a possibility. I also thought it was interesting that Eli Manning, who— doesn't you know how Eli speaks? I mean, we all do after all these years, but isn't dramatic and, and doesn't make a big deal about things. But he did say he expects a young quarterback, uh, and by that I took rookie because Kyle Oletta is still a young quarterback. But mm-hmm. I took I took that as a new addition, a rookie quarterback in the room. Um, you know, I've seen some people say, well, maybe they could get it round three or four. I'm not sure that makes sense. And I they've mean, gone you, down that road yeah, before, exactly. And if you are going to commit to a quarterback. Uh, I would hope it's because you do love him and because he's there for you. And I guess then the question, and some people brought this up, I think it's an interesting question. If you do love a guy and you think he's the next guy, do you risk waiting until 17? I don't know that you can. I I think that, I also think there's something to the idea of not only having conviction, but showing it. And say you take um, Haskins or Jones or Luck a, a little bit early. You know, oh, he would have been there at nine had you traded back. You know, oh, you could have gotten him at 11 or 12. You know, that kind of idea. Um, But if it's a quarterback, you want to have conviction about him, even if he's not pressed into starting immediately, which under the circumstances we anticipate, this player would not be. How much urgency do you think there is at that particular position? Because Dave Gettleman did say at the combine, we were both there, we heard him, that he would love nothing more than to do with Ernie, of course, he did for the Giants by finding the next franchise right. guy, right? He wants to do it. But he also doesn't want to force it. Right. So, I mean, that's a real delicate balance there and in terms of picking the right guy at the right time with the right value, a word that Dave Gettleman loves. And John Mara said much the same, John, when he talked to the New York media at the owners' meetings. He said much the same about you don't want to force it and that sort of thing. The one thing I find interesting about Gettleman is he said you take the best player. 
He's also said you don't force it. Now, if you take a quarterback at six, uh, that's okay. He sure. will not be the best player available in this draft at six. Almost certain. I can't imagine a scenario where he would be because there are too many really, really stud defensive players in this draft. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Now, the need for a quarterback can trump everything. That, that, that makes that player more valuable, right? The position's more valuable. Everything revolves around the quarterback in this league. So um, I understand it, and I don't think it would be ripe for crazy criticism. And Dave also said at the combine that if players are close in their grade, that the quarterback could trump sure. the other position too because it's right. a more valuable position. Sure. And you mentioned the top of the draft is rife with defensive players. How much separation do you think there is, you know, from the Devin Whites to the Yet Olivers to the Rashawn Garys to the Montez Sweats? Because, frankly, I've watched these guys in detail. I have trouble ranking them sometimes. Right. Around the league, how much different do well, you think a lot of people's views are of these guys? I think it's clearly Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams. I agree Not with that, too. Not necessarily in mm -hmm. that order. Quinnen, I think, could be the best player in this draft. Sure. Um, so I do think there's separation after that. I think then you're talking about... Um, a lot of other things that you could get into in terms of, um, you know, Ed Oliver has some stuff there that you'd want to look into and make sure that you're you're comfortable with. Nothing crazy that I, I'm aware of. I mean, he did have the incident with the coach and that kind of thing. Um, you know, Josh Allen um, is a player very explosive um, and and really tempting to take if, if you need an edge rusher in this draft. He's, you, you know, he was unstoppable in the bowl game against my alma mater, Penn State. So... Um, I think Devin White is someone where it may not be the sexiest pick, but I think he then solidifies middle linebacker, which still matters in the NFL. I know he's not going to have 10 sacks, but still matters in the NFL a lot. Um, he's a guy sideline to sideline. He's a guy who's going to be on the field all three downs. You're not going to have to worry about taking him off the field. Um, I think Devin White quietly will end up being, more quietly than some of the others, a really good pick. Some of the others I'm not as sure of. You know, I think we've, I think one thing that some of these guys have benefited from is Quinnen, Williams, and Nick Bosa mm. because they're all being lumped together mm. and they're not a lump together. That's the one thing that's interesting here. There will still be a stud defensive player at six, but once you get past, I think, nine or 10 in this draft, I think there is the belief that there is at least a little bit of a fall off. And I think it's interesting. You covered the Jets for NFL Network right. too. And I think, the Jets are one of the fulcrum points in the stretch, yes, right? Are. I think people have a pretty good idea what the Cardinals might do and the Niners, depending on what player is available. But the Jets, there seems to be a different word each day where they might be leaning. What's your feel from your time well, covering them? And we may find out earlier, you know, what, 45, 40 minutes or so maybe before the Giants pick, um, where the cards are held at the New York Jets to some degree. I think if Ed Oliver is the pick... I don't think he will be, but if he, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong about any of this this year. Last year, I felt really good. This year, I don't. Uh, and that's how it goes with the draft. Um, if Ed Oliver is the pick, my sense is that shows you the power of the new coaching staff at the New York Jets. I have to believe if Bosa or Williams, Quinn and Williams is the pick, you're talking about, um, first of all, a really good pick for sure. Uh, almost as sure as you get in this draft. Certainly in this draft, as sure as you get. 100%. And the idea being that is a McCagnan, uh, and I would submit to you an ownership pick where they are comfortable and they're saying for the next 10 years, we're going to be watching this guy, you know, murder offenses in this league.
you see teams trade up for quarterbacks more often than not. It's rare that you see them trade up for a non-quarterback. We saw with Julio Jones, right. which is an exception yeah. to the rule, and that's really worked out well for the Falcons. Yeah. I don't think anyone well, in Atlanta would complain about that. Well, after the fact, everyone in the league told you they wanted to trade up for Odell. Correct. That was the funny thing about Odell. You didn't hear about it before the draft, but after the draft, it was, oh, we wanted him. We wanted to go up and get him. Our owner, our GM, wouldn't let me. You know, that's all you heard about Odell. Easy to say. Yes. How many takers do you think they're going to be for teams that want to trade down? There's been rumors that yeah. Jets might want to trade down. Other teams might want to trade down. But how many teams want to trade up? And I think that's really going to determine how many trades get made. Listen, I, I was talking to someone smart this morning, and the one thing that, that he was talking about was this draft does have some depth to it and some quality depth. It's not unwar- otherworldly, but it, it's pretty good. Especially on day it, two. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. And there, yes, yes. Day two, rounds two and three in particular, maybe round four is what the, he said. So yes, you're on top of it. And I, and I have heard the same exact yeah, thing from people too. you are exactly too. on top of it. The problem is in terms of an instant dis- difference maker. If you are, for example, the Jets at three, you want to be careful with how far you're willing to go. You might, you might fall back far enough that you lose the special player. The question in a is, hurry. where do you think that point is? I think it's probably seven, eight, nine, ten, mm. somewhere in there, depending on how you look at it, depending on your needs. Now, if you are a team, obviously any of these defensive players could start for almost any team in the league. I'm not telling you they could go start for the Rams' interior line. I'm not telling you that, but a lot of them will start instantly. They're plug and play players, and, absolutely. Yes. And for the teams drafting at the top of the draft, they're they're drafting there for a reason. All of them will play right away, but. If you are also a team that could use an offensive tackle, either a Jonah Williams, a Jamar Taylor perhaps, uh, then maybe you have a little more wiggle room to say we can get that impact player because we need a left or right tackle. And both of them, I believe, could play either way, either side. So, you know, that might lengthen the draft for those two teams a little bit. I have to believe, John, by the time we get to 12, there's going to be a drop-off. I have to believe that in this draft. Still quality but not the star player, the stud player. Absolutely. And like you said, you can make an argument after those first two or three guys that there's a, you know, there is, there is, and I do think there is, but I also think Quinn and Williams and Nick Bosa would rank among any draft. Oh, no question. Oh yeah. There's just no, they are, they are, they are, they would transcend drafts. In this draft, I think we're talking about, you know, a dozen players at the most, maybe who are going to be, he's going to start immediately and we're all set there. I agree with that. I think those two guys, like you mentioned, are the gold jacket, quote unquote players that Dave Gettleman liked to refer to with, you know, Saquon Barkley a year ago from your field, talking to people around the league, how close together are teams ranking that second group of quarterbacks, which I think could determine whether or not teams want to trade up to get them. The Haskins, the Locks, the Greers, the Joneses, and those guys. And how much different do you think it is from team to team? I think it's very different team to team. I was told this at the Combine, and from what I know, this has stood. At the Combine, I said, um, for my reporting at the Combine, sometimes I'll ask different questions of talent evaluators just to see where my reporting can take me. That's what I do every year at the Combine. But um, I said, you know, give me your top five quarterbacks. And a number of different people said to me, I can't, and you're not going to find a consensus. Wow. There's not a consensus in this class. And I think to an extent that still holds true. I don't think we have some great feel for this class. I don't think there's an idea that, um, you know, six of them are going to be great or anything like that. And, and really, that's always a little bit foolish, right? I think we just sometimes have more conviction. I think this year it's all over the place. I've heard the same exact thing, and I think it'll... It'll make you think whether or not teams are going to be willing to sit and wait for their guy. Right. 
not knowing the way other teams have their boards graded, and we'll have to wait and see how that happens. A um, couple other things with the draft I think are interesting. When you take a look at this group and the way the talent is broken up, are you seeing any guys around the league? You know, we've heard Montez sweat with the health thing, maybe. Right. Yep. You know, some other guys. Anybody you hearing that's either sliding or rising as we get, you know, one or two days closer to the draft? Yeah, see, I'm, I, I think... I try to be careful with that. For instance, even the idea of Haskins sliding or, or whatever. Well, you have but, to be. People but, lie. Right. People <laughs> do lie. But I also think sometimes people are sort of media creations, and then the, the media can't end up finding enough credence to keep putting it there. So the media so is catching up to the, what the front is, office have always thought. That's what I sometimes think happens. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in a guy like Ja'Kai Polite. He had an awful combine. I actually went, I, they sent, NFL Network sent me to Florida's Pro Day. And at first I was like, okay, like that's kind of a weird assignment. And then when I realized, I mean, I met Jamar Taylor there also, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ja'Kai did an interview with me that ended up getting like 100,000 views on Twitter, which, you know, isn't record setting or anything, but it's it's a significant for number. For prospects, especially, sure. Especially for, you know, the stuff I tweet. I'm, I don't have a gazillion followers. So... I do think there's a lot of interest in him. I have a lot of compassion for him. He didn't grow up with the easiest circumstances. He just in March turned 21. Um, You're talking about a very young guy. Didn't handle criticism well. That happens. Um, But I'm a big fan of second chances anyway, and I'm not even sure this is a second chance for him. But I'll be really interested to see where he goes. Sweat because of the the heart issue. He's obviously a marvelous talent and so, so fast. I mean, he runs like a deer. What was it? A four four one? I think at the combine, um, I believe it's an enlarged heart. So they're gonna, you know, that's something that um, matters a lot. Um, I have great compassion for a player like that. He's obviously played in college with it, um, so you hope that 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 continues to work out. I remember um, Mo Hurst from. Uh, Michigan was yeah, that a, Michigan. One, only one combine ago. I think that was last year. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they he ended up going home or going back to Michigan to get further diagnosed because he also had a heart issue. It's worked out for him. Yeah, he went fifth um, round so to the Raiders. Yeah, he's been yeah, great. Right, and he he's, he has been, but uh, you have to believe sweat falls because of that, which is, you know, a shame. And you also hope, first and foremost, his health, you know, does continue to be good. Um, those are the kinds of stories I probably like the best. I am interested kind of in the safeties. Abram out of Mississippi State, Adderley out of Delaware. Neither one really competed at the Combine. Abram started to and then decided to wait till his pro day, kind of midstream. Adderley was hurt and didn't do anything and then uh, was at Delaware, of course. So uh, I think I'm interested in that stuff. And corners. I mean, you never have enough corners in this league. You could see the Giants at a corner. You know, I know they're counting on Sam Beal, who, by the way, they said would be a second-round pick in this draft. Mm -hmm. So I'll be watching to see who goes in the second round of this draft. And it's funny, you mentioned the corner safeties. I'm throwing receivers in there, too. Yeah. The second and third round is going to be filled with those positions. Be. And like we talked about before with the QBs, I think GMs are going to have those positions no ranked doubt. very differently. And while there might not be a lot of movement in the first round, I would not be surprised if we get a lot of movement in day two and three with teams having players maybe ranked very differently. I had one scout tell me that one team might have a guy ranked 28th another might have that same guy ranked 58th and Mm. that might be happening all across the league sure it should be i mean it could be absolutely um yeah the receiver receivers are interesting to me i i talked to a bunch of receiver coaches at the at the combine um you know they have to be great teachers now (sighs) because these these players come into the league you know not familiar with the route tree they don't know how their route impacts another player's route 
uh, and what the quarterback's looking for. They know the number that is held up on their sideline at the college game, you know, to tell them what route to run, essentially. And there's only four and, or five of them right, that they have to run. Right. And they, they are not as familiar with it. So you've, you now need a teacher at that position. We know that you need a teacher at the O-line position in the NFL. So that's one thing that has changed. Um, and I think you notice a lot of sort of frustration with the young receiver early on because that yeah. in, in you, you think in principle that should be a position, you know, again, like you said, plug and play. A lot of them should be plug and play, it seems like, for what they do, right? Yeah, they've got to beat press coverage. They have zone coverages. They have different defenses that they have to deal with. But the game for them should be the same, and it's changed dramatically. Yeah. So those receivers, it's going to be really interesting. DK Metcalf is going to be an interesting case. He had a, the neck issue. Um, he had a great combine. Yeah, freak show. He's an absolute freak. Someone at the combine told me it's Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones all over again. Uh, I don't know who's going to – there's not a corner in the league that can take him one-on-one, or there shouldn't be. So um, he's going to be interesting to see. For the Giants specifically, Dave Gettleman's done a lot to address the offensive line. Right. Nate Solder, Will Hernandez last year, Kevin Zeitler this year. Yep. They look they have a competition of a couple of veterans at center. How much of a priority do you think right tackle is going to be? You know I mean, Dave loves the hog mollies. Could that be a day one? or more maybe more of a, uh, of a day I would two think, look I would think 17 more than 6 yeah I agree with that um, but yeah I mean I would I would think so un- unless they choose you know Remmers is still out there maybe they do find a veteran I, I-, I do think that when the Giants start to play meaningful football they will have a Dave Gettleman offensive line because he will have chosen all of those players um, one way or another um, at, you know the center you know you could talk about how he got here but um, in the case of Solder, free agency, obviously Hernandez draft, Zeitler a trade. Um, and then obviously if they do take, however they get the right tackle, he's going to be an acquisition by Dave. So you will have a Gettleman offensive line to start the season. But defense, boy, Kim. I mean, and Dave said it at the press conference. He knows there's yeah. a lot of needs at a lot of levels. And I think, you know, we talked about the pass rush and you mentioned it briefly. Cornerbacks are really sneaky need for this team. You they can are. never have enough. And no. you're counting on Grant Haley, who was a rookie last year, yep. undrafted guy who yep. played well out of Penn State, but yep. still a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then Sam Beal, those are your second and third corners. Right. Well, and the thing about defense that struck me from Dave's press conference last week was, you know, he was asked about difference makers, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, on defense, and he mentioned Alec Ogletree, Antoine Bethay, who is, you know, over 35, what is he, 36 or 7, mm-hmm. I believe he might be 38 this season, uh, I might be wrong about that, but he's in his mid to upper 30s, and Jabril Peppers, I mean, you're not mentioning off the bat Tomlinson or B.J. Hill. You know, you're not mentioning off the bat um, any, like you mentioned, any corner, including Janoris. Lorenzo Carter, young pass rusher, you know, none of those guys. Right, you're not mentioning him. So I did think that answer was interesting. Um, and I thought sort of a window. If, if Antoine Bethay is one of the two or three defenders you feel best about at this point in his career, I think that's a very, very interesting answer. And I'm not sure as I sit here right now what that means for the Giants defense. I would probably suggest to you it's not ideal. You would imagine, I would think, that the Giants will trade up at some point, maybe not day one, because they have 12 picks. They certainly and, could, absolutely. And Dave said yes. at the press conference, you sure. want all your draft picks right. to make the roster, right? Right. right. 12 drafted players ain't making no. this roster. No, you would think not. And if they do, um, that would really speak to even forward, even continuing to gut this roster, even of players Gettleman's put in place. Because 12 is a lot. Let's be honest, 12 is a lot. So I, I wouldn't think all 12 would make the roster. I'm not sure you want all 12 to make the roster. But what you'd love to do, I would think, John, you know, fifth round, sixth round, you'd love to hit there 
with with a guy that slipped through the cracks, a guy that, you know, maybe other people didn't see what you saw in him, a guy where you get lucky, you're allowed to get lucky in this league and really get a difference maker late in the draft. I think that that is always, always a feather in the cap of a GM. Finally, Kim, last question. Now you got to get back to your live reports. When this draft is over, what do you think the big story is going to be on either Saturday morning or Friday morning after round one or, or Saturday morning when the draft goes? What do you think people are going to be talking about when it comes to the Giants draft? Whether they take a quarterback, and I almost think it's a bigger story if they don't. If they take him, we're going to at least know who they believe. And listen, there are going to be a million stories written and words said. I understand that. But if they take a quarterback, we're going to say, okay, this is the guy that is, this is Eli's heir, heir apparent, all of that stuff. All of those headline writers can get busy with heir apparent type of stuff um, as they plan for Eli to leave and this guy to take over. If they don't, I think it's a fascinating question of where do they go from here? I understand Dave reminded us the other day of Kyle Aletta. I'm not so sure we saw anything last season that indicates Kyle Aletta has a major league arm or potential. Um, so where would they be if they do not take a quarterback to me would be the bigger story made you choose do they pick a quarterback or not I think they do I did not think so and I've even said on my WFAN shows John mm -hmm. I don't think they will I thought at 6 and 17 they would go defense I thought they would use this defense heavy draft to supplement and build their defense and the more you hear about uh, Haskins Locke and Jones not in that order necessarily um, the more you think that that they just might take one. But here's what we go back to, the where you started. I'm literally sitting here guessing, and that's the best case scenario for the New York Giants, that we're all sitting here guessing. And you think more likely it's 17 than 6? I, no, because I think if you like the guy, you take him at 6. Okay. And but by I the way, think, I think it makes more. I think it would make more sense because you're going to get the defensive difference maker at 6. But if they take a quarterback, I think you, all, you have to get him at 6 and not... Um, you know, you know, gamble that he's going to be there at yeah. 17. Imagine watching the if. Bengals, the Redskins, yes. and Dolphins pick, and you're like, oh, oh don't pick our guy. Right. Don't pick our guy. Right. Kim, great stuff. Thanks, Enjoy John. the draft. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for asking me. Kim Jones on the Giants Settle Podcast. Make sure if you're listening on Giants.com, that's great, but you can also subscribe on your podcast services. Make sure you go and check it out, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Kim Jones. I'm John Schmuck. We'll see you next time on the Giants Settle Podcast on Giants.com.